warning. The following is a review and very spoiler heavy of the newest movie, Terminator Dark Fate. This review from Midnight Movie Confessionals will be extremely graphic in nature and its language and will also be very heavy on the spoilers. So a spoiler alert has been warned. Midnight Movie Confessionals will start in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Midnight Movie Confessionals. This is your host, Scott Benson, and welcome back. Today's episode will be on the newest iteration of one of the biggest Hollywood science fiction film franchise of the 80s and 90s. One of the biggest names out there. Yes, I'm talking about the one and only Terminator Dark Fate. This movie, by a long shot, is one of the biggest, most anticipated sequels of the year. It is a lot more anticipated than any movie that has come out in the past couple of years. There's a lot more anticipated than the previous installation, Terminator Genesis, which did not fare well around many fans and critics of the series. They thought this was a, a bullshit disaster that tried to reboot itself a second time because of the fact that they kind of did this in a sense with basically the whole timeline in itself in this one pretends that Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis do not exist. They basically erase anything you've ever seen with the exception of the first and the second movies. What they do in this movie is they start off with a bit of a a flashback to Terminator 2 when Sarah was at Pescadero State Hospital where she's being uh, I guess videotaped and talked about like about her dream that she has of the future on August 29th, 1997 with Dr. Silverman. He's not mentioned in the movie. He's seen, you hear him, but you don't hear his name out loud. Only the true fans of the series will know who he is. But this is during the opening credits, in a sense, how they do it. And then we find out that it, like, Judgment Day never happened. Skynet found one last time to, like, found a way to, for the last time, end what they were trying to end, which was end John Connor's life. It is in Guatemala where, in 1998, maybe six to seven months later, after the events of the second film, we know that the T-800 that Cyberdyne Systems made that John sent back after he reprogrammed it to become his protector in 1997 around 1997 but whatever time it was I believe it was 1996 for its setting that it was meant to prevent Judgment Day he comes back to save him another one has come back after that happened after the events of T2 to murder John it does so in exchange is left with a nasty scar due to Sarah's intervention of trying to save her son one last time from being killed, but she's unsuccessful in doing so. In doing so, she goes into hiding for many years, and for a long time we get these messages, these constant, constant messages from this Terminator that she believes 
Well, we don't know if it's a Terminator or not, but she keeps on getting these messages about Terminators happening. But this is later on. What happens is it jumps back to Mech- it jumps back to well, it jumps into the future, to the year 2020. It is set in 2020. It basically jumps back to that time where a young girl who works at an auto machine plant in Mexico City named Danny is going to work, and. Uh, she, along with her brother, are just doing whatever, doing their own thing, having fun, talking to their father and whatnot. And I don't know, and before that happens, I know I'm kind of going back and forth, and I'm sorry for that, ladies and gentlemen. This is just, I just came out of the movie theater, so I'm very apologetic for this. And I should also mention, happy Halloween to anyone that, is cel- that celebrates this holiday. I am currently dressed up as my current favorite well, one of my current favorite musicians, Elton John. That's beside the fact. You don't need to care about that. What you need to care about is the review that I'm giving you. So what happens is that... At night in Mexico City, we don't really know the specific, specified date. But a Terminator from this new timeline that has now started because of John Connor's death. From some sort of... like a. Well, not really a Terminator. I don't know how to describe it, but this person named Grace comes back from the future. Well, comes to the comes back in time from the future, almost like it happens in every other movie, like how all the Terminators kind of happen. So if you've seen the first two, you'll know a little bit about this. Like you'll know how they kind of come back in a weird way, in this weird one way one way trip back in this weird sphere of sorts. She comes back, and first thing she does is get some clothes, like every other fucking Terminator. It's the biggest cliche of all cliches that you could have. Basically, she does this, and while doing so, decides to just do that. While another Terminator from, let's say, the same year, which I believe is 2042 from where they're coming from, so 22 years from the future they come back this other one is an ant- is the antagonist of the sort it is a trx9 i believe the unit is called i will have to look this up later you know what i will do this now because i can and you can't stop me i will do this now just give you a quick moment ladies and gentlemen i do believe the terminator itself yes i'll take a look quickly just a quick fact check so there's two Terminators. One that's called a Rev-9 that is uh, named Grace. No, Rev-9 is actually the one that wants to... uh... Okay, never mind. Yeah, 2020, the Rev-9 is the one that's uh, the one trying to kill Danny. She's killed... He's killed her brother Diego and her father. Well, he... like The Rev-9 has killed her father. Yes, her father. While Grace, the resistance fighter, has is basically she's kind of like a part Terminator in a sense, almost like how mm, she's kind of like a Terminator, but she's not. She's still a human, but with some augmentations during a fight in the future that she uh, does, and she saves the leader, and in turn, 
get saved herself from these augment like with these augmentations that save her life and then some. Basically, what happens is that she's at the same place as Diego and Danny are. She can't like she tr- tries to save both, but she can only save one because one of them dies. Spoiler alert, like I mentioned, that would be Diego. When basically it's out of nowhere where there's a weird ass chase. Kind of like, if I'm honest, it kind of ha- has some cliches of and almost some fuck yous of the past, of the past movies with uh, some other things that have happened in the movie. But it also does it in a sense where it's like, okay, it does it like that, says fuck you to everything else. And uh, out of nowhere, the one and only. And I mean the one and only human savior of all human fucking saviors. The deus ex machina of this series. Linda Hamilton as Sarah fucking Connor comes out of nowhere and just fucking comes out, kicks some ass, doesn't say shit for maybe five minutes, not even. And then after she gets it to a point where she's actually able to kill it, she's like, I'll be like after she drops a grenade, she's like, I'll be back. Literally. That is what she fucking does. She literally comes out of nowhere, saves Grace and Danny out of nowhere. And decides to just go fucking no holds barred. Fuck the machines. Fuck everybody. Fuck the future. Just fuck everyone and everything. Just hold, no holds barred. Fuck you, basically. And that's just how crazy it gets. It gets like just even more intense. When she does that, Danny and Grace decide to say, okay, what should we do? Grace has an idea of saying, we're going to take Sarah's car, which they do. Not the best move in the world for someone that hunts Terminators and actually saved your asses. But she later catches up to them after uh, Grace is having a... I don't know how to describe sort of a moment, but she's having a moment where she can't do anything. She can't function nothing because her body systems are kind of shutting down temporarily. But later, she finds first, she finds medical aid, takes the medical aid she can get her hands on and just kind of, well, to catch up with Sarah, who's a little pissed off, but that makes sense. She's allowed to be pissed off. Her car was just taken away from her when she's trying to save these people, right? So what can you do? So they decide to wait for her to kind of get back to normal. How she can, like, because I guess her body's like overheated. Like she's got a fever or whatever. But, uh, yeah, she does that. Um, does that. And then basically... Danny and Sarah just talk for a little bit. And then when Grace comes back to normal, she kind of confronts Sarah in a weird way, but she says that uh, she hunts Terminators. She does all this and all that. Like, she basically says, I hunt Terminators. Is that, like, I've been hunting Terminators ever since I've been getting this message after I saved three billion human lives, except for my son, John. Is that a good enough resume for you? Grace is like, nope, that's not. Try again, lady. And basically does this while they're both kind of like 
they're being confrontational, but they're both trying to save Danny from being killed. So, since they're stuck in the middle of Mexico, they can't really do much. They can't go to the Federales or the Judiciales or whomever they could go to to try and save Grace. So, she instead, like, they do decide to instead take this uh, so called, I don't know how to describe it, but they take this train that's taking any immigrant to where they need to go in the middle of night where no one knows very illegally like but doesn't in a sense where no one knows it so they do this they do that go through all this bullshit they get to the border after uh, they get to the border they cross it after Danny reconnects with her uncle to help them get across they get there they get screwed. Meanwhile, this Rev Nine—I hate to, like, it's almost like a T eight T eight fifty Terminator that came to kill Sarah Connor in the first Terminator film, mixed with uh, a T one thousand, kind of like like it's able to split itself in half, so it could technically become a T one thousand with its polymimetic like its mimetic poly alloy shit with its liquid metal bullshit it could do. While also being able to fucking kill other things while doing the same, like doing almost, like being able to split itself in half while able to do some other crazy shit, like still keep on walking. Like there's two pieces, of, like there's two CPUs to this machine or whatever. I don't know. They don't really explain it in the movie if there's two CPUs to this bitch or not. But basically, they do that while, um, well, they're also doing that. Like, it's able to do this shit. They're able to get across to the border. But the Rev-9 is one step ahead of them. The Rev-9 is able to say, nope, that ain't happening. Not on my watch. Is able to kind of trigger uh, the border patrol to kind of capture them. They get detained. Seraphine it gets caught. Just basically gets uh, escorted upstairs to another location. Meanwhile, the Rev-9 has found Grace and... Uh, Danny and wants to just go apeshit after uh, Danny is able to escape with Sarah and Grace they do so and they go to this location where Sarah has been getting these text messages that have been encrypted for ages because she's been hunting Terminators for so long and for the longest time she didn't know who was sending these messages all she knew were these coordinates at certain times of the like of the past couple of years that she's been given these locations and these locations keep on having a two-worded message for the past couple of years. The, all they say after the location and where, the, where Sarah needs to be after she packs up, it just says, for John, for John Connor, basically, for her son. And when they find out who's been sending it, it's been the same T-800 Model 101 that basically killed John, but has been trying to repay Sarah, in a sense, for his doings in the past. She doesn't trust him. She's very angry. She's very just like she wants to kill him. And even says out loud, when this is done, when she when I know she's safe, I will kill you. He accepts it because of the fact that he's been he's been guilt-ridden for the past couple years. Like for the past 22 years, he's been guilt-ridden. But he's also found a conscience of sorts that only a machine could technically receive in some ways. 
So they train like uh, Danny to become a, a fighter, being taught like taught all these tricks of the trade that they know themselves. Meanwhile, the only way to defeat this Terminator that's come back from the future to kill them basically is only able to be disabled by an EMP. So basically, Sarah calls in a favor from a U.S. Air Force major who's basically, he says he's committing treason. He's not. He's trying to save Sarah's life as well as others in the process. But he doesn't really know this. He just knows that he's committing high treason by giving them a nuclear suit, like a suitcase of sorts with EMPs that they could use to disable the fucker. Just fry them to death. Like just fry this Rev-9 unit. When they find out that the Rev-9 is capped, like caught up to them again, he gets hurt. He is mortally wounded, but he's able to help him get onto this Air Force base that is nearby, just maybe a click or two away. It says, get me there now. I'll get you onto a plane. You'll be safe. They decide to do that. They decide to follow his command. And from there, it turns into a a pretty big chase. It kind of does a whole... I don't know. It feels like the movies have always had a weird chase or climactic chase near the end. This one has it twice. It has it at the beginning before Sarah meets up with them and now has it again. It's just had multiple chases. It's been a lot of chasing. It's like a huge cat and mouse game, this film series, but that's beside the point. That's beside the point. Basically, after that has happened, they're on the plane. They find that the EMPs are no longer useful because they've been shot up real good by the Rev-9. So, basically, Grace and... Carl, the T-800, I didn't mention that it was his name, he found a way to just have an identity after he killed John. And all the while they're doing that, uh, basically, long story short of it, they find themselves crashing into a dam. And more or less, after they got into the plane, they crashed into a dam. Sarah, like, and Grace are able to help Danny get into the dam with the help of Carl, who's been fighting this Rev-9. After they started to crash and whatnot, they do some weird shit, basically. And by the end of it all, the climax happens at this so-called dam of sorts. It ends there. Pretty much ends in the sense of, like, okay, this is where it's going to end. This is where... We're fighting this fucker. Almost like how the first one ended at Cyberdyne Systems. Because we didn't really know this at first. But it deleted well, an alternate cutscene. It is Cyberdyne Systems that they have. At the Where Sarah defeats the machine with the hydraulic press. And it's almost like how the end of the second one happens. Where they're at the molten uh, foundry. At the metal foundry. Basically. Same concept. Same principle. But they decide to make their final stand here at this dam. With the help of Carl, the T-800, the Model 101, Grace and Sarah are able to dismantle and just decimate this fucker. Like, literally, they're saying, like, literally, Danny is like, I'm no longer running the fuck away. The Rev-9 says, you could just give, it, give me to her. It'll make things a lot easier. While Sarah... Decides to say, well, that'd be easy, but 
we're not metal machines. We're not machines, you metal motherfucker. And just, they go to town on this asshole, just decimating him however they can, thinking they've got him. They haven't. Grace gets mortally wounded, trying to save Danny. She saves Danny, of course, but she's still mortally wounded. Says, take my uh, core, take my core, and jam it into that asshole's mouth. It may fry him, but in turn, I die, but with, in a, for good reason. She decides to do this. Anyways, the Rev-9 has found a way to come back again. Like, this fucker does not want to die. He's that just, he's, he's that determined to kill her. But Carl and Sarah and everyone just... Sarah finds a way to wake Carl up after the whole decimation of his dam. And says, wake up, help her now. Like, he does it and... Sacrifices himself to, to kill the Rev-9. While also jamming this... EMP device that... Uh, what Grace kind of had in her body. Shoves it into him. And uh, basically shoves him down this whole whatever. And with rebar and whatnot. Just kind of decimating them both. And with uh, Carl's final words. He's like for John. Like he's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which is also good. So you know this is like. This is, this is the Terminator series. You know how good it's going to be, how bad it's going to be, but it's a good series. Basically, it ends there. Danny finds herself looking on, kind of like how Sarah did when she sees her dreams in the second film kind of happen. She sees the dream, like the same sort of thing that uh, Sarah had in the second one. Very similar to it. But the way it happens is that she knows she doesn't want Grace to kind of live through the future that she knows she's lived through. Doesn't want that to happen to her. While Sarah and and uh, Danny drive off in one of the best things I've ever seen in a long fucking time. And I thank you, James Cameron, for this. Probably Tim Miller also had a good say in this as well. But they drive off kind of the same way the first one ended. So this is a real T3 ending. Like a real ending to the whole series. If there is to be another one to happen, I don't think it will. But this was a good ending, nevertheless. If they are to continue the series, they might, they might not. I don't know. All I know is that the way they ended it is Sarah and Danny driving off in a Jeep Renegade, which was very similar to how the first one ended. I remember the first one's like having it, and we're this little boy at this gas station in Mexico saying there's a storm coming in. Sarah didn't know Spanish. She asked the guy that was next to her, asking, what did you just say? He said, there's a storm coming in. And she's just like, I know. In the same sort of sense they do that here, she they both drive off knowing there will be a storm happening, but we don't know how it will happen, if there's going to be anything further to continue this or not. All I know is that this movie has been 28 years in development, hell. I'm saying true sequel with James Cameron somehow being a part of it behind the helm. It's been a long time. Edward Furlong did kind of show up a little bit, but not really. He had a stand-in for him. But they had like a kind of like a Gemini Man sort of thing where they did the CGI where it was him 
Second, you could still see it was him, but it wasn't him now. Like, it was his voice and whatnot. So there was that. And overall, Sarah, like, Linda Hamilton still looks as badass as she ever did. She still looks great to this day. Arnold as Carl was great. He had his own, he had his own family. I didn't want to touch too much on that. He developed a conscience after killing John and whatnot. But overall, this film, if this doesn't win any awards out of the movies I've seen this year, that's fine for me. But this movie, to me, was a solid 9 out of 10. It was spectacular. This is a movie I definitely can say, if you're a Terminator fan, you must go see this. If I was to be biased because it is James Cameron and it is Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, I would give this a 10 out of 10. If I was just a Terminator fan and just loved it, that's all I watched, I would have given this a solid 10 out of 10. I'm giving it an honorable mention of a 10 out of 10. It's still great. I definitely could say if you can't see it in theaters, do so. If you can't, that's too bad. You gotta watch it somehow. Doesn't matter how you do it, whether it's streaming or buying it on DVD and Blu-ray because you don't watch movies in theaters anymore. You like watching it at home or whatever it could be. Whatever the reason is, just go watch this movie if you can, ladies and gentlemen. This is Scott Betts and reporting live outside the theater for Terminator Dark Fate doing Midnight Movie Confessionals. Now, I hope you all have a very safe and very happy Halloween. The next review I might do, you never know what it will be. But until next time, folks, I will see you next time. End transmission.